going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so lots of positivity on this edition of the Calgary Today podcast. We talk about the newly released Citizen Satisfaction Survey. Former Stampeder and current firefighter Randy Chevrier joins us with a message about Bullying Awareness Week. And a group of University of Calgary students have taken home top prize for their engineering project trying to make Mars livable for humans. All right, so... It's a semi-annual thing, I believe. Uh, I know what happened in January. You get the citizenship, uh, citizen survey. How happy are you surrounding your thoughts towards the city as a whole? Mayor Nahed Nenshi, as you heard, may have heard in the news earlier this afternoon, outlining some of the main points of interest in this latest report. I'll give my thoughts in a second, but let's hear what the mayor had to say. One of my favorite days of the year because we get to talk about data. And today we are going to be sharing the results of the 2018 Citizen Satisfaction Survey. The city has, for more than 20 years, since 1997, conducting an annual Citizen Satisfaction Survey to gather citizens' views and perceptions about city programs and services, better understand and respond to our changing needs and our expectations. We use this stuff every day. We use it in our decision-making. We'll be using it next week when we talk about the budget and where we are going with the budget, um, but also in daily decision-making. You know, when I was first elected, I used to talk a lot about the say-do gap, how we were good at saying all the right things, but not so great at aligning our daily decision-making to the information that we had and to our long-term vision and goals. And the Citizen Satisfaction Survey is a good way of us to think through that. You'll notice we're calling it the quality of life in Citizen Satisfaction Survey because it really is about Calgarians telling us what they value, what we should be doing more of, what we should be doing less of. And it is one of many tools that we use to determine where we are at as a community. And, you know, I always remind people that uh, I don't make this stuff up, that Calgary was ranked the best city in North America in which to live this summer, the fourth best in the world. And these really are elements and data points that help us understand what we're doing right and also what we need to be doing much more of. So I'm going to give you some headlines, then I'll turn it over to Jamie Duncan, who will take you through a lot of the numbers and a lot of the details in this year's report. First... Calgarians are positive about their quality of life. This year's survey results show us that perceptions about the quality of life in Calgary remain very strong and that those who think that it's getting worse are shrinking shrinking in numbers. Overall satisfaction with the level and quality of city services is very strong. And this is something that all of my colleagues at the City of Calgary should be very proud of. The work you do in making life better every day is showing results and people are valuing that kind of work every day. However, we do see a few decreases in satisfaction, and I have to contextualize this for you. These numbers are extraordinarily high. Any other government in the country would be thrilled to have numbers like this, but we always want to be better. And so we do look at the areas where people are slightly less satisfied, even though they're very, very satisfied. Uh, And we've seen some decreases this year, not surprising after that long winter we had in road maintenance, in snow removal, and in spring street cleaning. Again, given what happened last year, that is probably not surprising. I am, however, pleased that our colleagues, particularly in Calgary Roads, oops, 
have done really extraordinary work in uh, making sure that they're dealing with all of that. They filled many, many potholes this spring and got them done all on time. And I only did one of them. So thank you to all of them for that. When it comes to where Calgarians would like to see us invest more, no surprise, transportation related services still on the top of residents' wish lists. They particularly would like to see us spending more in road maintenance, in snow removal, and in Calgary Transit. Areas that are areas of significant focus for us and in areas in which we have made investments and council will be asked next week to make further investments. A majority of people also would like to see more money invested in affordable housing, in social services, and in the Calgary Police Service. Now, those first two are interesting because in a world where we feel like people are becoming more individualistic in their preferences. We're actually seeing a big increase in this survey of people who wanna spend money so that others can have a better quality of life. And I think that that is a remarkable thing about Calgary, but also gives us some good direction on how to move forward. I'm also very pleased, of course, as a politician to see the very strong number of Calgarians who feel they're getting their money's worth from their taxes. Survey results show us that the perceived value of your property taxes went up this year. And as always, Calgarians' perceptions about the quality of the city's customer service delivery is consistently high. Calgarians are satisfied with the overall level of customer service, and the vast majority tell us that city staff are courteous, helpful, and knowledgeable. So just in those opening four minutes-ish of Mayor Nahed Nenshi's speech surrounding today's citizen satisfaction survey, you get the sense that it does paint a fascinating picture for what is going to be I think a I don't want to call it contentious because I don't think that's going to be the word but I do think that it's going to be there's going to be some heated discussion and debate much like there is for every time they sit down for budget which actually starts next week and to recap some of those citizen satisfaction surveys 83% of those who took part in that survey and it was 2500 Calgarians say Calgary is a great place to make a life. 84% say Calgary is on the right track to being a better city. Other highlights, 95% satisfaction rate when it comes to quality of drinking water, parks, playgrounds, and other open spaces. 91% are satisfied with blue cart recycling. As the mayor mentioned, road maintenance, snow removal, spring street cleaning, decreasing satisfaction. So I get the feeling that there's going to be some Requests made of city administration going forward, particularly next week when it comes to budgets and, hey, where can we spend some more money? The interesting thought as I was reading through the report, which I read because I'm a bit of a nerd, is no real question as to it's not necessarily where would you like more money spent. It's there's no real point to be made about finding some efficiencies as it were if you're going to spend more money can we save somewhere else and i start to wonder a little bit to myself is on some of the topics where it's clear that calgarians don't really see great importance towards is there some room of validation to decrease service in some areas and i'm not a budget analyst to the point of saying I know exactly where those cuts should be made. But in times of economic uncertainty, 
shouldn't you be looking for ways to maybe go, okay, maybe we don't need to cut the grass every two days. Maybe we could do it every four days. As an example, I know that I'm I'm snowball or spitballing something that may not be there. But those kinds of ideas, are we thinking outside the box and saving a few dollars here and there so that we can afford some of the the nice to haves? There are some things that we need to have, as is highlighted. Even some of the the other issues that popped up in here. Uh, notable increases in desired investments also seen for Calgary Fire Department, which is up five po- uh, percentage points to 43%, 40% for 911, 31% for downtown revitalization, uh, residential garbage collection and residential blue cart recycling up a little bit. They're still up around 17%. So it's not like the vast majority of people's people said we need better blue cart recycling right here, right now. But you also don't want to see it going massively high down the road as well. Taxation was one of those uh, issues brought up in the report. Perceived value of property tax dollars remains moderate is the headline. About 6 in 10 Calgarians give Calgary a good value rating for the value of their property tax dollars. Statistically unchanged from last fall, up 6 percentage points from the spring. So... And a little side note on it says, that said, fall measures show a slow but steady decline from 2014. So how do you feel about this? I'll read some of the texts coming up. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. We are talking a citizen satisfaction survey. And I find it interesting that there's always that group of people who believe that the sky is falling, the world is coming to an end here. And yet when you read surveys like this, and just we'll go with overall quality of life here because this is where I found the the numbers staggering in a sense. So 7% of the 2,500 surveyed felt that their quality of life was a 10 out of 10. 16% said 9. 40% said 8. 22 said 7. So in the good category, 86%. That's how you get the breakdown. So from there, it's 7%, 4% for... 4% if you uh, thought that your quality of life was a 5, then it goes down to 1%. No one out of the 2,500 uh, rated us as a 2 or a 1. When you compare the 86% good, it's 86% hasn't been reached since 2015. The high that we saw would have been back in 2012 and 2013 where we had 88%. I would argue that there is no... Uh, there is a correlation to that because uh, 2012, 2013, that would have been boom times. So it's gone down 100%, but it's not as far down as some might think. Again, that's not to take away from those who have felt some pain over the last little while. But I do argue, judging by the number of people that I talk to on a regular basis, is they're not sitting there thinking that the world is coming to an end here. So it was rather nice to see some of these things. Now, the the other part of this that I'm always big on is looking ahead. It's less about, oh, we should have not voted down the Olympics or whatever. Like, let's stop living in the past here and move ahead. What can we do to keep things going in the right direction? 27% of those who answered the survey, again, 2,500 people, said transportation. So whether it's getting around the city with better roads or whether it's uh, 
Springs Street Cleaning. There we go. Uh, or if it's snow removal, 27% said that. 21% said recreation and community services. So parks, green space, recreation centers, programming, community events, that kind of thing. 20% said homelessness, poverty, and affordable housing. 19% said government. Transit was at 15%. Crime, safety, and policing at 11%. And then a bunch of single digits, including health, environment, education, growth, and planning. I know it's a lot of numbers, but at the same time, it puts into context how a lot of people do believe that this is still a great city to live in and that there is a lot of happy customers out there. When you look back, I am proud to be Calgarian. These are the last numbers I want to read through. 43% completely agree that they are proud to be Calgarian. 46% say they agree. 8% say they're neutral. And 3% say they disagree. So it seems as though a lot of people pretty happy. And again, you can question the, the sample size. You can question, oh, it's just a certain part of the city. There's one texter saying, uh, you can't just, uh, you just can't survey city employees. I don't know. If, if you're really thinking that the world is coming to an end, I recommend just taking a walk down 17th Ave or talking to some people outside your own circle because I think that gives you a better idea as to really how great of a city this is. I'm, I'm not saying that it were, it's imperfect or I'm not saying that it's perfect. There we go. I'm not saying that it's perfect, but I am saying it's pretty darn good. We'll continue this discussion, I'm sure, as well as many others. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. This week marks Bullying Awareness Week. And one of those people who uh, has been able to use his position in the community to send a positive message is former Calgary Stampeder, current Calgary firefighter, Randy Chevrier. He joins us now. Randy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Joe. Let's talk about the issues around bullying, and it's really come uh, to the fore in the last few days with what's going on at St. Mike's in Toronto, um, but this is something that is is happening no matter where you are. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate because, you know, the education is there, or the the, 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 the awareness that, that uh, we need to educate is there, and a lot of uh, whether it's sports teams and schools and sporting organizations have these policies in place. But, I mean, if we're going to be real, um, you know, how many people take the time to read a policy sheet that they sign? I mean, that's, you see it in minor hockey, you see it in, in sports, and, and, and very few people take the time to read it, let alone understand it, and, and really contemplate the consequences of their their actions and and i think what's missing in these places is is uh the education piece um you know face-to-face educational opportunities where people um are refreshed on on uh some of the concepts and uh some of the behaviors that contribute to um you know at the very end of it uh bullying and unfortunately we only uh bring uh, education, in many cases, as a reactive uh, measure, as opposed to a proactive measure. And you know, uh, I'm sure that uh, everyone at St. Mike's uh, three weeks ago would have said they didn't have a problem with bullying. And now here we are, three weeks later, after charges, 
allegations and, and really everything's come to light, now they realize they had a huge problem. You know, and that's not just there. That's any school I've ever visited across Canada. Um, you know, um, the problem exists. It's it's whether you catch it before or after. And like I said, too often uh, you get called into situations when, when the damage is already done, unfortunately. How much of it is getting away from that kids will be kids mentality or that even adults are guilty of it as well? And how do you how do you change that mindset? Well, and and that's kind of what people uh, used to brush negative behaviors under the rug because it's easier to say, well, that's just how they are. But those behaviors uh, extend to workplaces. Uh, they extend into anywhere where people um, have the ability to interact and unfortunately assume sort of roles, uh, societal roles, you know, like leaders and followers. And, and it's what people decide to do with those those powers that they, they're granted. And, you know, if, you either make good leaders or you make bad leaders and you're either following good leaders or you're following bad leaders and, and unfortunately we use this word culture uh, to define whether it's a locker room, a school, a workplace and it's the culture that is permitted is the culture that will exist and um, you have to get to a situation where the majority of the people and the people in power um, whether it's you know on a sports team coaches or whether it's uh, in a, in a school, administrators and principals, whether it's at a workplace, which is bosses and managers, they have to have a zero-tolerance policy for this negative-type behavior. Otherwise, it will be allowed uh, to, to exist. And if we give it the, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're just being kids, or, you know, that, that's how it is on a team, or, or, you know what, that's how it is at this, this office. We've always been like that. Well, then you're going to have situations where at some point something's going to get out of hand, uh, there will be some negative consequences and uh, sometimes some damage that, that uh, can't be undone. What I really enjoyed about your speech to the kids at the Be Brave game the Hitman put on a couple of years ago was you talked a lot about legacy and making a positive impact. And that seems to be a big focal point for you when you're talking to your to the kids and your, your speeches at schools and that kind of thing as well. Well, absolutely. And, you know, the, one of the first questions I ask kids is, you know, you know, relating to my sports, when someone asked me, you know, I played 16 years in the CFL and, uh, you know, who I remember as the greatest teammates. And it's always the ones that were there, that showed up to work every day, that wanted to win the Great Cup, but also wanted to bring everyone along with them. Those are the guys that I remember as some of the best teammates ever. You know, not the guys that caught necessarily the guys that caught all the passes, made the tackles, got the most money. It's the guys that were really there for everyone around them, and they just got to be part of the ride. And when you take it back to kids, I ask them, I say, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as that great teammate, or do you want to be remembered as that mean, nasty, rude person that really made people's lives miserable? Because they will be remembered. If I were to ask you now, Joe, go back to uh, grade seven, close your eyes and picture the face of that kid that made your life or the life of your friends, maybe some of your uh, siblings, that, that made your those people's lives miserable at school, you could picture their face right now if I asked you that question. Absolutely, I could. And, and, and that being said, think about all the stuff that you have forgotten between now and when you were back in grade 7 or 8 or whatever it is. Think about everything you've forgotten in life. You can't even remember what you forgot, but you can picture that person's face in less than 30 seconds. And that's the point to make to these kids, is you will be remembered as something. What is that person you want to be remembered as? What's your greatness? What, what, 
what is your purpose in life? Is it to be remembered as that person that's mean and nasty and rude? And most of them will answer no, but they don't understand that the behaviors that they exhibit are contributing to that image. And that image is it's their choice. It's, they, they have very few choices. You know, like you're on a sports team, you're at school, you have very few choices. You've got to be here at this period, you got to do this, you got to dress this way, eat the lunch your parents give you, study what, what they tell you. But they can all choose the attitude and how they treat people around them, not just their buddies, but anyone on their team, anyone in their school. And that's a choice that they have to understand is theirs and theirs alone, and that choice has consequences, either positive or negative. It is Bullying Awareness Week. Randy Chevrier, inspiring words. We will chat with you soon. Thanks so much for the time today. Thank you so much, Joe. Great story out of the University of Calgary's Schulich School of Engineering. A team of four has won first place at the Hatch Plant Design Competition, which pits Canadian universities against one another. Alina Kunitskaya was one of the four trying to make life on Mars more realistic. Alina joins us now. Thanks so much for the time today. Wonderful uh, results out of this competition that you guys were at. Uh, describe for people listening what exactly you guys were, uh, what your project was all about. So our project was titled Mars Oxygen Production with in-situ resource utilization. Um, to give a quick background, um, space companies and uh, commercial uh, space companies and space agencies plan to send humans to Mars as early as 2030s. And there's still a lot of challenges to be solved. For example, lack of oxygen on Mars. And in addition, it is very expensive to, to send materials to Mars. So to address these challenges, we developed a process to produce oxygen on Mars using resources available on Mars. So how do you know what kind of resources you even have on Mars? Is that just from what you have as, as previous knowledge? Uh, so thankfully, NASA has very extensive uh, database of research that they do. And um, as, as a public agency, they make a lot of their findings accessible to researchers like ourselves. So we took a lot of information from NASA, actually. Interesting. So when you were able to get all that information, what, kind, what were you able to uh, utilize to allow for oxygen to be made on Mars? Mm-hmm. So the main component that we're using in our process is atmospheric carbon dioxide, which makes up 95% of Martian atmosphere. Um, so in our process, we separate carbon dioxide from atmosphere, and then we use electrolysis to split the carbon dioxide molecule into oxygen and carbon monoxide. But then carbon monoxide is a toxic byproduct, and in, in, in the long term, we don't want to be releasing that into Martian atmosphere. So as the next step, we use Martian soil um, to react it with carbon monoxide. And uh, there's a component in Martian soil that um, reacts with carbon monoxide and turns it back to carbon dioxide, which we're able to recycle back to the process. So not only do you guys get the, there's a prize money involved, there's bragging rights, obviously, mm-hmm. but also it allows you guys to maybe uh, expand on your ideas a little bit more. Where would you like to see the sort of the next step or the next evolution, I guess, in your your own research? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right now this project is largely theoretical, as, as many chemical engineering projects start out to be. So I would definitely like to see this project going on to the next stage where we can prototype all the different components of the system, see if they perform as we expect them to perform, and then start putting the pieces together. 
when looking back on this competition, what did it mean to you to take away the the first prize there? Oh, it was very exciting. I, I'm personally a big space nerd, so having an opportunity to work on the project uh, related to space exploration in the first place was very exciting, but also going out to a national competition and uh, presenting this um, quite unique project to um, other teams from universities from all over Canada. It was uh, very, very exciting and definitely I'm very thankful for the opportunity to work on this project. Well, congratulations to you, Alina, as well as your team on a job well done and all the best in your future research. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to the Calgary Today podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and tune in. When you do, don't forget to write the show and leave a comment. Until next time, my friends.